The Final Whistle with Austin O'Callaghan. This is the final whistle on Ocean FM. Tonight, Killy Beggs's Joe McBrearty on falling in love with Gaelic football, getting the best out of young players and his own championship battle right now with cancer. Lots of attention is on the Leitrim men's footballers this weekend ahead of their Division 4 shootout with Sligo. But Leitrim's women's footballers have their biggest match of the season so far as well. A league semi against Fermanagh. Team manager Johnny Garrity will give us the lowdown. Plus, we're getting close now to the opening of the new National Surf Centre in Strand Hill. So how might it change the profile of the sport both here and further afield? County Sligo Surf Club's Derek Parl will be our guide on that. You're welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan and here are the contact details. 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp or text. Sport at oceanfm.ie is the email address. And you can find us on Twitter right now at OceanFMSport. Also coming up on the programme... Nothing like a bit of jazz at a school's cup final. A history-making week it's been for Sligo Grammar School in rugby. The double-double is complete. A Connacht Schools League and Cup double last year. A Connacht Schools League and Cup double this year. We'll bring you player and coach reaction from yesterday's 28 points to 7 win over Marist College Athlone at the sports ground in Galway. Well, tonight's special sitting of the Donegal County Board is due to start in about 20 minutes from now at the county's GAA Centre of Excellence in Convoy. As of yesterday, there was one item on the agenda, the recent media coverage of the academy situation, but in light of Paddy Carr's resignation as senior manager over the past 24 hours, that agenda may well have been altered or expanded slightly. If there's any news to report while we're on the air between now and nine, we will bring it to you. But we're going to begin with a special football match planned for Fintra this Saturday, which will see retired Donegal captain Michael Murphy put on the boots again. He's one of several All-Ireland winners taking part in the Play for Joe fundraising match. It's for Killybeg's native Joe McBrearty, who's based in Dublin these days and is currently undergoing cancer treatment. Now, Joe isn't well enough to attend this Saturday's game, but Killybeg's, we understand, are organising a live stream of the match for him. He is so widely known and respected as a coach in GAA circles, both inside the county and beyond. Last week, his adopted Dublin club, St. Peregrine's, did a cycle run and row for Joe, a virtual trip from the capital to Killybegs and back, which was a roaring success. They did the journey, I think, three times in the end. So now his home club are doing their bit for Joe with Saturday's football game. Well, Joe's been speaking to the final whistle about his illness, about the teams and players he's coached, and his earliest memory of falling in love with Gaelic football. Well, uh, possibly I can remember when I was obviously under 10, starting out my so-called football journey, going up to Sintra to start, you know, the under 10 team. And obviously with my father's you know, love for sport and my auntie and uncle's love for sport, uh, it was the start of things things to come. And obviously I just got a, a graph of the, the GA from then on in. And, you know, obviously 
been in Killyveg at the time and there the late 80s, early 90s the success of Killyveg. It wasn't hard to fall into the trap of loving Jay and Dilly football and it all, all led from there, like, you know. So there was no escape from football, I imagine, growing up? Very little, very little. We know a lot about you as Joe McBrearty, the coach and the guy who nurtures players and gets the best out of them. I'm less familiar with Joe McBrearty, the footballer. What were you like as a player growing up? Well, I suppose, unfortunately, when I when I was born, I, I had sickness as well. It was when my first 10 months in Crumlin. So I, I would have been, I wouldn't have carried much weight and I would have been thin and light. And unfortunately, I was blind in my left eye. So... I really enjoyed playing football. I, I, I played a couple of like senior games when I was 15, 16. And Kilibays have been short just from being around the team all the time. And, you know, obviously I loved playing football and I was, you know, a forward. And, but obviously then when I got to 18, I was advised due to my sight to, to kind of step away from playing. Hence then I wanted the next best thing, which was coaching. So that was the natural evolution for you, was it? That, that was the, the route I took. I just, once I heard I wouldn't be able to play much, and I could tell myself, and I from not obviously having glasses playing football, that you know as I got older, eighteen, nineteen, I was finding it hard to even see down the far end of the field without glasses. So I knew that the, my time playing was coming to an end. Like. So tell me about the first team you coached or managed. Do you remember that first day of responsibility? Yeah, well, it was in through my uncle. And his, his son, and obviously when I would have helped out to them, so it would have been the Kilbegs under tens, and we put in a lot of work. There was a couple of us in the management team, and we put in a lot of work, and we were quite successful at under ten level, and we progressed to under twelves, and that team went on and won all underage championships at the time, and we, we obviously came up against a very good pro masters team that would have challenged us in all the county finals, and we won some, they won some. And so that would have been the team I would have started off with the whole way up through underage. And were you one of these young coaches, Joe, who hoovered up every piece of coaching information you could find, whether it was online or in books or talking to people or going to conferences? Well, well, a bit of both, really, I suppose. Obviously, my love for the GA and the coaching end of it. I, you know, and obviously, and to this day, I'm still trying to learn. You know, and I would always be looking online. Now, obviously, back in the 90s, we wouldn't have as much you know, in terms of the internet, etc. Whereas, you know, since COVID, it's unreal the amount of stuff you can get. So, but I just would have used my knowledge from watching the Kilimanjaro team train, going to the Donegal session, and just picking up bits of other sports as well, which would have, and as I said to this day, I'm still, still doing the same to try and improve as a coach. And I'm sure you've worked with a, a lot of household names in the Gaelic football world over the years, whether in Donegal or, or, or in Dublin. You would have coached a very young Seamus Coleman, I'm guessing, I'm guessing in Killybegs. Yeah, I would have, I would have, exactly. To when he would have started off, and obviously playing under ten, and again came came into a very good team with a lot of good players, and we actually got to the All Ireland Fela down in Wicklow at the time, and you know they progressed, and it, it was a joy to work with players of that talent, you know. And what's your style like as a coach, Joe? How would you describe yourself? Are you are you vocal? Well, are you a guy who has the quiet word of encouragement in the ear, or is it fire and brimstone from time to time? I would say I've probably mellowed over the years. When I first started off, I probably would have 
And I was then maybe had a bit of a crazy side and I always just wanted wanted the best for my own team and nothing else mattered, only winning. Whereas since I've got older, I've kind of mellowed it and people have said to me, even here in Dublin, they've said they've never seen somebody so calm on the sideline in, in any situation during a game. Like, so I probably I probably learned from other coaches and other sports, etc. And obviously in GA as well. Like just the, the main thing is keeping your head and viewing the situation as it is in front of you and not not getting overexcited and you know shouting norms not going to get you anywhere all your players they respect you more for being you know the person that sees what's happening and what needs fixing etc What makes a good coach? I think somebody that you know number one is prepared to develop the players you know both on and off the field and, and number one has been able to communicate to each and every one of them and to gain the respect of the, of the players that you have because if you don't have the respect from the players you know you may throw your hat at it so it's something that I would have kind of worked on over the number of years to, to try and improve myself as a coach in terms of that aspect. And that's something you've kind of adopted as your philosophy, is it? Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, in more recent years, you've been in Dublin, of course, with St. Peregrine's. Well, I, when I came to Dublin, first of all, I would have been involved in DCU. And I would have got involved there with the fresher teams and then I progressed through the intermediate and then I was lucky enough to get a run with the Sigerson team. And after that then I got the GPO role I got St. Margaret's out behind the airport for two years and then I was senior and senior manager of Fingal Ravens and the, the coach of the minor team. And then in the last two years now I've been involved with St. Perrigan's in Blanchestown. So you've got a fair CV of experience there, Joe, between Donegal Colleges and Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose I've been lucky enough over the years. Like I've got lucky breaks, you know, and I've, you know, people have obviously come looking for me. And I've, you know, as I said, I'm still still trying to improve and want to improve. Number one, because you know, if you think you're at the, the top end, that's when your downfall comes. So I'm like even. Lucky enough, in one sense, you know, due to my illness at the minute, I've had a lot of time on my hands, so I've been upskilling myself online and reading stuff, etc., to try and improve, so that when I do get back, I can be a better coach even again. You're still a relatively young man. Yeah, well, time's ticking on now, unfortunately, but I still, as people say, like, I look after myself, and that's the main thing. I still look probably younger than what I am. And you're undergoing treatment for cancer at the moment. How are you doing health-wise, Joe? Yeah, it's it's, it's been up and down, unfortunately. Like uh, I was on cycle two there four weeks ago, and unfortunately I picked up an infection in high temperatures. So I ended up staying in for three and a half weeks. So it was just a bit of a struggle through that. But um, touch with the, the chemo seems to have gone down all right. I have one more cycle left. I, I am feeling pretty weak this last two weeks from cycle three. So I am, but I, overall, I, I, like I have to say, uh, possibly from what I, I did read a lot prior to starting the treatment, because my urologist had told me when he diagnosed me first, he said, Joe, the one thing I can say to you is you should go and read Lance Armstrong's book. And obviously that just put a shiver down my spine. And, and a, a friend of mine got me the book and I read it. So I had a, I had a good inkling into what, what I could be facing when the chemo comes. So I was very aware of the awareness of, you know, the chemo, but to touch wood to date, I, I, I haven't had too many setbacks or, you know, through the chemo. And as I said, um, I can see the home straight is finally coming, hopefully, thank God.
and I go back into the final cycle now in Monday week. Well, we wish you the very best with that treatment, Joe. And alongside that, you've been getting great support from your GAA family. St. Peregrine's of Dublin recently held a very successful fundraiser for you where they did a virtual trip from Dublin to Killybegs and back a couple of times in the end, as it turned out. Yeah, uh, number one, I have to thank all the, the senior team and the management and obviously the club executives and number one, the, the members of the club in St. Perkins because their support to me has been unreal and you know I, I could never thank them enough for what they've done and on the day, you know, it was amazing the amount of people. I actually got out of hospital the night before and I, I went up uh, that morning from 11 and I actually stayed to five now. I probably overstayed my stay but I paid for the following day but just there were so many people and it's my way of saying thanks to everyone in St. Perrigan for what they've done for me. And they've been so good to me from the day one that I announced that I, I would have to step away from the senior team for a while. And the, the players and management, uh, the management team that I would have had this last year and this year, they said, no, Joe, your name is manager and whenever you're back, you're back. So, uh, like, I can't thank them enough between the whole club. It's been amazing. And that, that Saturday was, in there. It was immense, the turnout. They had only planned to do it up and down once and ended up doing it three times. So, like, their massive credit has to go to them. And also to my, my other club, previous club, Dingle Ravens, they actually sent a representation over of 15 between the senior team and a couple of executives, etc., and who took part on the day as well. So I'm very grateful for them, too, because they, they were so good to me as well when I was managing out there. And now this Saturday, we have a special fundraising match at your home club in Donegal, Killybegs, Amember Memorial Park. Play for Joe at three o'clock. Yeah, again, uh, when I got the first word of it, like, obviously I was in shock because, you know, number one, when you see the names of the people that are getting involved in the game, but also to the people that have organised it in Killybegs, you know, I'm very grateful for them and I was back to Baker yesterday. And it means a lot to me. I, I have a lot of good friends in Killebegs, obviously, over the years. And the Killebegs GA means a lot to me because that's where I grew up. That's where I learned my, my GA, etc. You know, between playing and coaching. And I, I you know every day Killebegs play, it's the first thing I do is look for their scores. So, you know, I'm so grateful. And uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it myself. On Saturday due to I have an appointment on Friday and I'm back in on Monday and I just can't take the risk of travelling up and down. But I know my family are going to be there to represent me. But I, I, like, I'm just blown away by, by the organisation of it. And you know, I, I did get a message this morning saying that the game is probably going to be streamed. So that's something nice for me that I'll be able to watch it at least. Well, you'll be there in spirit, I'm sure, Joe. And to have members of the 2012 Donegal All Ireland winning team present as well, like Paul Durkin, the McGee brothers, Eamon and Neil, and of course the captain Michael Murphy, is a nice touch for you. Exactly, yeah. It means a lot to me. Like, obviously, I was lucky enough over the years to have been involved in coaching some of them players as well. So, and in fairness, the majority of that team have been in regular contact with me, you know, asking how I'm getting on on a weekly basis. So, it, you know, it just shows that, like, you know, obviously they've been great ambassadors for Donegal, but, you know, when it comes down to it, and when you need them most, they're always there to, you know, give you a wee bit of support. And I really appreciate each and every one of them. And all the people to be called here contact Listening to you there, Joe, you strike me as a fighter, as a passionate man, as a guy who has a positive outlook on life despite what you're going through at the moment. 
and I imagine the fulcrum of football helps you to be that sort of person. Yeah, definitely, because, you know, when I first was diagnosed with it, you know, I, I looked at it in two ways. I said, I either tell people straight out what's going on and the support I get from them will give me the strength and the power to, to fight this and, you know, to drive it out of me if possible. Or I can just close the door and hide from everyone and, you know, just get myself down. So that's why the support from the GA community, not just in Donegal, Kilibags and Perrigans here, but from everyone all over the country, the, the message I've been getting was that's given me the chance just to keep going and not let this get the better. That's Kilibags's Joe McBrearty, another of the players he helped nurture and develop at Fintra a few years back, is current county player Hugh McFadden. Yeah, often look, um, I suppose we were very lucky in Kilibags that uh, we had Joe McBrearty growing up um, my first real experiences when, when I was a 17, 18 year old turning senior Joe was, was a senior manager and uh, you know all throughout my underage he would have been very proactive and you know been interested in Gaelic and chatting about Gaelic games to me and uh, you know Joe brought a, a massive passion for the game you know obviously a big passion for Kelly Beggs um, but you know a man who was completely um indulged by coaching and thinking about Gaelic football and thinking about uh, putting together sessions you know uh, I would say everybody for you know a good decade or more a decade and a half in Kelly Beggs was at some stage coached by Joe growing up and uh, you know he also went on to other clubs in other counties and, and he coached so many different people um, and, it, and his passion for coaching and teaching and, and Gaelic games was obvious from day one you know What are his strengths as a coach? Um, the most obvious thing is, is that he loves the game so much. Uh, that, that's a really great starting place. You know, he he has a a, a massive interest. You know, if, if you're following, he'll always be texting and asking questions about you know games, and it could be games from all over the country. Uh, and then a, a huge organisation level. You know, Joe, we're always kind of earmarked Joe could pull out drills of any kind of shape or size for any sort of skill of the game, and he a repertoire of drills that, that is endless. And I suppose that's just from being involved in the game from such a young age. Um, I know he, he, he was coaching at a very young age in Kerry Beggs and the amount of people he would have coached long before I came along. And uh, just a massive repertoire of skills and drills and, and a huge knowledge of the game. He won't be in Fintra on Saturday for the Play for Joe game, but he will be able to watch the the, the, the match on, on a stream. What do you think he'll make of all this attention for him in his native club? I listen, uh, I'm sure Joe is humbled. He's obviously in a difficult situation in his life at the moment. and uh, I think that the, the, the attention, the respect shown, there was a fundraiser by his club last week in Dublin and there's a fundraiser by his local club in Kelly Beggs and it's nothing less than it deserves. And I think it's, along with trying to help help out in the stage of the process where he's at, it's just a mark of respect by uh, the people from from his club, but also you, you'll see loads of people from surrounding clubs and all over Donegal coming to, to partake and support the event on Saturday. And I think that's just a, a token and a gesture of respect for for uh, you know all the work that he's done and his infectious love of Gaelic games. You know, 
That's Hugh McFadden of Killy Beggs and Donegal and the Play for Joe fundraising match which will feature Michael Murphy, Paul Durkin, the McGee brothers Eamon and Neil and many others will take place this Saturday afternoon at Eamon Burr Memorial Park in Fintra at 3 o'clock and donations will be taken on the day. But first, it was mooted some 10 years ago, and in a few weeks' time, Ireland's first National Surf Centre is due to open in Strand Hill. A €2 million Euro state-of-the-art complex has been built on the main promenade in the heart of the Sligo Seaside Village, just yards from the Atlantic waves which have made Strand Hill one of the signature surfing locations in this country. Now, it was built by local firm Arkin Construction, and their work has seen the new surf centre building shortlisted for an Irish Construction Industry Excellence Award next month. More on that in a few moments. But first we want to give you a sense of the new National Surf Centre, what's inside and outside it, and what it's set to do for surfing and for the community both locally and nationally. And to do that, we've paid a visit to Strand Hill today and our centre guide was Derek Parle from County Sligo Surf Club, who's also a board member of the new National Surf Centre. It's fabulous looking. That's the first and most obvious thing. It's, um, it's a, a building that essentially has a series of different zones. So downstairs, we have a retail unit, which will probably be leased to a surf retailer. Um, surfing, as you know, is, is a huge um, drawcard for Strandhill, has been for 50 years. And um, the maritime company will lease the downstairs facility to a retailer. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll get someone who's really vibrant and exciting and adds to the area and, and people can buy their equipment in, uh, in Strandhill when they're coming surfing. When we move around to the next section of the building, there's a reception area. Um, which will direct traffic so it may direct people upstairs for different functions and different facilities or it may direct them to the rear of the building for surfing sessions uh, where we have um, three surf schools that will be operating we'll also have um, the home for County Sligo Surf Club at the rear of the building here with facilities for all our equipment and um, at the rear of the building, there's four sets of changing facilities. That's two male and two female sets of changing rooms, which are absolutely state-of-the-art. And um, the, there will be a members area and a, a kind of a public area. So we're trying to, um, to essentially bring five-star surfing to Strand Hill so that the visitor experience is, is fabulous, but also for, for locals as well who are part of the local community, have a great centre to, to access, to get changed, to, to warm up after a, a dip in the sea and, and enjoy the facilities. One of the first things that strikes me, Derek, when I walk up to this building is this mural on the front and the side of the main building. It's really impressive. There is an obvious nod to the sea, the ocean, with maybe a hint of Ireland's Celtic folklore. Can you talk me through what I'm looking at and who designed this? Um, well, Barry Britton's been a partner of the design since the very inception. The design came from a design competition in which the winning bid was won by uh, a company called Manalo and White in London. And they had contacted Barry to suggest that a building might have uh, graphic concrete on the ground floor level. And Barry's designs, as you can see in front of you, are just perfect for, for that sort of uh, black and white, uh, quite striking image. 
and we've got images of uh, single fin McCool, as he calls it, and uh, <laughs> this is Queen Maeve on her surfboard, and and the um, the fish of life, I think, is yeah, that right? Salmon of knowledge, yes. Salmon of yeah. knowledge, sorry. And a few dolphins flying around. So this is going to be a real kind of focal point and photo point. So, so Barry was... Um, was uh, like a partner he is an architect himself as well and he was a partner from the very beginning in the design and he you know his designs have really um been respectfully uh reproduced here in a in a fashion that should last forever you know that they're, they're graffiti proof and they're very robust in a sea environment um so you know we hope that it'll it'll just um bring people to every panel to inspect them and to touch them and take photos in front of them and enjoy them enjoy the beautiful work that he that he's done for 60 years you grew up in this part of the world derek you surfed locally nationally internationally you're living here today with with, with your family so surfing is obviously in your own dna and i'm wondering what it feels like for someone like yourself to see this project near the end of the home straight from the vision that was probably in a lot of people's heads several years ago yeah well i certainly there was some skepticism at the beginning that we would sort of leave our previous home and 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 take a you know a calculated leap of faith to try and get this done i I think our timing was quite good in the sense that there was a real appetite for for something to do with surfing on the coast and Fulcher Island had definitely expressed interest in there being a necklace of surf centres along the coast so we've become the first and, and perhaps there's more to follow but as a as a parent you know it's always been the motivating factor that's kept me going is to know that my kids and and their friends have a, have a place to, to to be this is the new village square the new village centre kind of the beating heart of Strand Hill and a lot of great things are going to happen here. So as, as seeing it come, come to fruition over 10, 11 years, it, it, it's, um, it's, it's fabulous. So give me an example of that. How do you think this building, this facility will help transform things locally for people and things nationally for people? Yeah, well, I think it's, like you said, it's important not, not to take too narrow a view on it. We have a really vibrant community here. Um, a lot of people in Strand Hill have great admiration for surfing, but, but don't surf themselves. And, you know, we might call them lay people, but they've spent a lot of their time supporting this project as well. We've got a lot of people who've been behind it from the beginning who, who've never s- stepped foot on a surfboard. Um, so th- those community members are along shoulder to shoulder with us, helping, you know, guide and support the project from the beginning. And then you'll see your local surfing community have their proper home that they deserve. Visiting surfers both nationally and internationally have a place to come, a place to converge, a place to hold events and hold uh you know, meaningful, you know, get-togethers, uh, some training, some conferences. Um, and the list goes on, really. It's only going to be stifled by your imagination because the building's ready to go. Yeah, and for people in this part of the world who don't surf, I, I, I do always get the sense that there is an innate sense of pride that Sligo, the Strand Hills, the Eskies are our signature surfing locations, both in Ireland and internationally. And there is a sense of pride that surfing is one of the landmark things you think about when you think of Sligo and this part of the world. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I had heard it said in the past that we have world-class waves and it's comparable to nowhere. But having travelled a little, even in, in, in the recent um, few months, I went to Morocco uh, recently, and it was incredible to, to, to just compare what we have here as being so consistent, so accessible, so much variety, um, relatively safe. I mean, the ocean's not without its risks, but um, it, it really is as good as anywhere I've ever been. Okay. 
And finally, you have been on the board, I think, since this project began. Correct me, you, you have designed the brief for the for the for the building itself. Yeah. So you, you have seen the egg, and now. I won't say the birth, but you know what I mean. Well, interestingly, we, we spoke about this earlier. I'm just amazed at how incredibly true to the vision it's remained. You know, in terms of the, the way the building looks, the functions that it has, the way the zones will, will work independently of each other. It's, it's just fabulous. And everyone from help from IT Sligo helping design the brief with, with myself um, and, and the board of um, the previous maritime company, you know, it's all come together pretty much as, as you would hope. It, it's taken 10 years, but it's 10 years well spent. Do you still surf? Well, <laughs> I should be out there right now. I mean, it looks really good. And uh, here I am talking to you. But that's been a big part of it. You know, I have had a lot of meetings down by the sea where, you know, one leg is, is wanting to get out the door and the other has to commit to this and, and get it done. And it's, it's time well spent. It really is. To see it happen, it's just fab. And off he went to get his Malibu board. That's Derek Parle from County Sligo Surf Club, who's also a board member of the new National Surf Centre, Strand Hill, which is due to open in the coming weeks. We don't have a set opening date for it yet, but you will gradually start to see more and more activity and look out for lots of it this summer in Sligo and Strand Hill like you've never seen before. As for the Surf Centre building itself in Strand Hill, well, it was built by local firm Arkin Construction, and it's been selected as a finalist in the leisure category at next month's Irish Construction Excellence Awards, which will be held at the National Convention Centre in Dublin. Stephen Clancy is a director with Arkin Construction. Arkin Construction are a small to medium-sized uh, building contractors um, based in Colony and Sligo. We, we, we build actually a, a range of um, across a range of s- sectors in the industry: uh, commercial, industrial, education. Uh, leisure. It's, it's operated uh, by myself and uh, James Armstrong. Uh, we're both from construction backgrounds and um, we've we teamed up a few years ago and uh, we've been building the business ever since. And there's a bit of Leitrim roots in there too, so it's not, while you're based in Sligo, you've got proud Leitrim connections. It is, yeah. It's, um, there's, uh, James is, is a Sligo man uh, based in Clunacool. Um I'm a Leitrim man based in Tullahan. Okay, so there'll be plenty of arguing in the office ahead of this Sunday's uh, GA match, I'm guessing. Oh, well. So tell me how you got involved in the tendering process. For wh- When did the National Sur- Surf Centre come into Arkin Construction's range of vision? Um, I suppose we would have, we'd always be keeping our finger on the pulse of jobs in the, the local area, especially jobs around our own size that we'd be interested in doing. We were aware of the job would be coming up um, and then because it's a public job, it would have been um, advertised using public procurement when when the job got advertised, we then um, we t- we tendered we uh, we applied for the job, tendered for it, and uh, we were successful uh, in the tender. You're you're not a surfer. You've no particular interest in, in the sport. This was a a job just that took your fancy. That's right. Yeah, no, definitely not a surfer. Um, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, no, just just as a, as a construction job, it it was a it was a perfectly sized job for us. It was in our local uh, area and was a job that interested us from the beginning. And this was no straightforward construction project. It's not a, a semi-detached house you were being asked to build here. This is a pretty funky national surf centre. No, it was definitely not a straightforward build. Um, I suppose a lot of things, a lot of challenges on the job. Um, first of all, it wasn't a greenfield site. It was there was um, there was existing buildings on the site, um, a local peace park uh, on the site. 
we had to go in there, demolish that. It's it's based on the promenade in Strand Hill, so a very busy place, especially during the summer. It's it's really, really crazy in the summer with, with the amount of people that walk past our site. So health and safety uh, was a huge uh, challenge for us on that site, keeping everything safe and uh, keeping all the locals and um, the business owners happy and keeping every safe. How long did the project take start to finish? We uh, we commenced the project in July 2021 and we were complete in October 2022, so around 15 months. And the proof is in the pudding because the finished product has attracted a lot of attention, including from the Irish Construction Industries Excellence Awards. They've shortlisted the building you built for an Excellence Award this year. It has, yeah, they've... they've from very early on in the project, uh, it garnered an awful lot of interest. Um, as people seen what was being built there, it there was there was an awful lot of interest uh, throughout the job. Um, yeah, upon completion, then we we were also then uh, nominated for um, the Irish Construction Excellence Awards. Um, we we made our, our application for that, and we were shortlisted in January for the finals. Um, and they. We would be go. There'll be a, an awards night in uh, April, and where the winners of the, each category will be announced. Um, the the Surf Centre of Excellence is nominated in the leisure category of the awards. Okay, and you're also nominated for Project of the Year, and the winner of that will be decided by the public. That's right. Yeah, um, it's great to guess to the awards night. Anyway, you make the finals. Anyway, it was a huge achievement for a company of our size. It was a huge achievement for for the for the project itself and for the for the local area, and um, to, to be now in the run and also for project of the year, it's it's a it's a great opportunity. Um, we have uh, it's it's one of the, it's, it is the only project in the northwest um, in the running for the award, and um, I think it has a it, it actually has a really good chance. So, if people have seen the National Surf Centre from the outside, and we gather it's even more impressive on the inside, and they'd like to vote for the building you put together. How can they vote for this Project of the Year accolade? Yeah, as the, the, because the Project of the Year is a, is a public vote, um, there is a, you, you vote for it on the ICE Awards, uh, that's the Irish Construction Excellence Awards website. So it's www.iceawards.ie. So that's I-C-E-A-W-A-R-D-S That's correct, I-E. yep. You said you're, you're a relatively small firm. To see the finished product, I'm sure you've gone out to have a look at it yourself in more recent times now that the work is more or less done. It must be a great satisfaction to see what the finished article looks like. It definitely is, yeah. The, um, there was a lot of work put into the job in, at the very beginning, uh, organising it. Um, we knew there was, was huge challenges with the job. Um, but just, just to, to finally bring it to, to completion and um, to, to have a finished product like that was, was very uh, satisfying. Do you think it'll stand out? People will notice this place. It, it'll definitely stand out. It's a, it's a really unique building. No matter where you see a picture of this building, you're going to know where this building is. That's Stephen Clancy of Arkin Construction, local firm who built the National Surf Centre, Strand Hill. And if you'd like to cast a vote for the Project of the Year Award, this is a public vote. The public will decide. You can do so right now on iceawards.ie. I stands for Irish Construction Awards, I-C-E-A-W-A-R-D-S dot I-E. Voting closes tomorrow week, Friday week, the 31st of March. So go on, show them how big the surf vote really is.
The sound of a saxophone at Schools Cup Rugby. That was the scene yesterday in the sports ground in Galway, the Connacht Senior A Schools Cup final. Sligo Grammar School were back to defend their title and they did it in style, beating Marist College at Lone by 28 points to 7, completing a league and double this year to add to their Connacht Schools league and cup double last year. In a moment, we'll hear from the Grammar team captain, Conor Craven, from out half Earl Norris, but first to the emotions of Sligo Grammar head coach James Gavin after yesterday's Schools Cup final success. The feeling is more relief than anything else, um, especially compared to last year when we came in this year probably as favourites, so I felt uh, that the boys in the first half, maybe the nerves got to us a little bit, we made some mistakes that we wouldn't have made throughout the Cup campaign before then, but eventually I think the better team won in the end. Wonderful performance from your side when it mattered. Um, defence the first 10 minutes was fantastic uh, overall I think you know as our school motto I think at this stage has to be defence wins sorry that's my that's my motto but defence does win so therefore um, I would think that once we got over the first 10 minutes and settled into the game we made a few mistakes we gave away a try just coming up to half time but gradually in the second half I think we showed that we were the better team and um, at the end of the day while the scoreboard probably wasn't a true reflection on the, the efforts of Mars for the whole game territorially we dominated the second half it doesn't happen too often that teams win Connacht school and league cup titles in successive seasons well the league has been going for a number of years and I think this is the first time that a a double-double as such as the boys are saying has been done so from that point of view um, it's again fruition all the hard work that's been done behind the scenes by by people not even in the school by all the coaches in the school themselves and by the boys especially because the amount of work and effort that they put in weekends mornings etc etc I think uh, everything at the end of the day is down to their hard work well, this is the Sligo Grammar School captain, Conor Craven. The double-double is complete. You must be a happy man. Uh, I'm over the moon. It's finally done. First team to ever do it. And being a section now means absolute world to me. I couldn't ask for anything more. I'm wondering, was this final one today in the first 10 minutes, the way you guys defended? I mean, the lads literally went out there, put their bodies on the lines. They were not letting anything past them. And it just shows. It's a tribute to the coaches and to the players and how hard we've been working all year. And it feels unbelievable. What is the secret to this team? It's the chemistry we have together. We're like brothers out there on the pitch, fighting for each other, die for each other. That's how we do it. Yeah, and a, a real unity. Even, you know, when you were under pressure, you keep very calm out there. Yeah, we just stand together no matter what. doesn't matter what happens. How will you celebrate? There'll be a few points tonight anyways. Well, let's have a word with the out-half today, Earl Norris. That was a pretty flawless kick in display. <laughs> it wasn't too bad now. Only missed one there at the end, so I was happy out. And the conditions didn't really help either. But the key ones you got yeah. uh, at key moments in this match. And that was the main thing. Like We felt the heat from Maris and, and just to go up and then take the penalties and chip away at the scoreline to keep the boys motivated. And as you've seen then, we got a hefty enough scoreline in. Yeah. I know you were the favourites, but you were expecting a, ba- a challenge from Maris today and they came at you with all guns blazing. Oh, sure, exactly. Like Maris, they came in there from the very get-go. They were on on their money smashing us back at the very start even us conceding like you've seen out there so just for us to bounce back like that and congrats to Maris who played a savage effort but just the winner takes all on the day and what a performance for Sligo Grammar School Connacht League and Cup Champions last year Connacht League and Cup Champions this year I know yeah it's a great feeling to do it again and 
the lads now in the sixth years this or the lads that are in sixth year this year it's a big big occasion for them last match out there with us and I'm in fifth year now so hopefully we do it again so you're around again are you next yeah. year <laughs> I'm a third time lucky so you never know yeah. hopefully and, and of course the Norris family your dad a great tough player in his day you're continuing a proud family tradition <laughs> exactly I try to look up to him and he might be a bit tougher than me on the pitch now but and my skills might take it away from him <laughs> well done today cheers Earl. thanks very much Earl Norris out half of the Sligo Grammar School senior rugby team who retained their school's cup title yesterday at the sports ground in Galway with a 28 points to 7 win over a gallant Maris College of Athlone the match probably closer than the full time scoreline suggests over the course of the 70 minutes in case you're wondering there's no All-Ireland series in schools cup rugby at senior level the grammar don't go any further unlike soccer or the uh, Gaelic football's Hogan Cup competition. Connacht is as far as you go and the same for Leinster, Ulster and Munster. Well, on a busy weekend coming up, so many matches attracting lots of uh, headlines and attention. Leitrim against Sligo will be live on Sunday from one o'clock in the Men's Allianz Football League Division 4, a straight shootout more or less for the, between the two counties to see who gets promotion and who misses out, although Sligo could lose and still go up depending on how other results in Division 4 go this weekend. But while that game has been played in Carrick on Shannon, uh, over the border in County Cavan in Templeport, Leitrim women Gaelic footballers will be taking on Fermanagh in a little National Football League Division 4 semi-final and the Leitrim manager this year is the man who guided Fermanagh to an All-Ireland Junior Club football t- junior uh, t- title in football just three seasons ago that's Johnny Garrity but this weekend he's setting Leitrim up for their biggest contest of the year so far. Yeah, biggest game of the season and we're hopeful that we'll get the biggest performance of the season to, to match um, firstly, I'd, I'd, I'd like to acknowledge that it is a big weekend and we, we see the men's footballers and the hurlers out in uh, huge games for them as well. And look, it's a testament at the moment that uh, all three teams are, are, are doing very well and it's great to see. Well, that's for sure. And this is your first season in charge. You must be uh, pleasantly, well, maybe not surprised, but happy with how well you and your team have gelled together. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, probably myself, Dermot, the management team would have high standards, and um, I, I suppose that appeals to you know the high performer, high, high performing athletes, and 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 uh, girls who have high standards themselves. And at the moment, it's um, it's a match that's uh, very well suited. You know, when you look at the the talented footballers that we've got and the girls who who demand the best from themselves and their teammates. I think uh, I'd like to think they're enjoying the the uh, environment that we've created for them, and it's shown on the field as well. So at the moment, it's going very nicely, but we're not getting carried away. Leitrim have been knocking hard in recent seasons to try and get out of Division Four in the Little National Football League. I, I remember a, a playoff extra time loss to Louth a couple of seasons back. I'm sure you're aware of that before before you came into the the, the, the team setup. But you know you're close. Ah, yeah. You know, I suppose this past number of years, Leitrim have been amongst the the, the favourites every year to go up and. Um, you know, some close calls and some disappointments and, you know, the players are there. We know that. Uh, it's a matter of getting the performances in the big days and uh, this Sunday is one of the big days. We're looking to create a, a performance that'll get us the result 
<clears throat> the result that we want. And, um, you know, after that, it's out of our, our control. It's all about focusing on the performance and, and whatever will be, will be. But, um, you know, we're quietly confident and, and we're very happy with where we're at. Fermanagh come into this game with pedigree. They were All-Ireland junior champions a couple of seasons back. So you, you, this is a challenging one for you. Yeah, um, you know, it, it was looking back on our past spell, uh, myself and Dermot with Fermanagh. You know, we in our first year with them, we actually won the Division Four National League. Um, and the, on the second year, uh, we won the, the, the All-Ireland Junior. So we are acutely aware of the caliber of footballer that they've got. Um, you know, we're, we're uh, very well versed on, on the, the players themselves and, and their strengths and weaknesses. And I, I suppose that will help. But even with saying that, the, the real focus for us is on ourselves. Um, there's no point knowing an opposition inside out if you can't get your own performance right. So that, that's what we're trying to do. Is it an advantage that you and Dermot know the Fermanagh girls so well? I know their team might have changed a bit, but you'd have some insight into how this Erne County team operates. Yeah, I suppose um, with the benefit of hindsight, when when you look back after Sunday, it might be seen as a um, an, an advantage, or it might prove itself to be um, you know useless information. Who knows? It's it's the same for the the players in the Fermanagh team. They'll know myself and Dermot and how we go about our business and and um, look our, our tactical game plan is something that is um, always in evolution. But the gears will have some insight into that. So it just depends on uh, the performance on the day. Uh, we have got uh, a good knowledge on the players, and, and we'll certainly use that to to our advantage. But again, the focus is going to be solely. Are, are certainly predominantly on um, getting a performance out of our players. And finally, because it's a, a knockout match, for want of a better expression, does your approach change? It, does it have more championship or cup feel than it does a, a regulation league game? No, we, we go into every match and treat it as though it's a must-win game. Um, that doesn't change from game to game. So our, our approach hasn't changed and it won't change. It doesn't matter the opposition, it doesn't matter the competition, we'll be going in to win. And uh, this Sunday's no different. Uh, we're extremely determined to win the match. We we know that it's uh, a match that means a lot to us. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing absolutely everything in our power to ensure that we get the performance that'll, that'll give us the best chance of getting the result on the day. Johnny Garrity, he was Fermanagh manager three seasons ago. He's very much Leitrim women's manager this Sunday. That Division 4 semi throws in at 2 o'clock in Templeport in County Cavan. A reminder, finally, this programme is available as a podcast each week on oceanfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts. There's no final whistle next Thursday. Austin's on holidays. So we're back in two weeks' time. Same time, same place.